I've had good uh, intro videos before, but that one, that was good. All right, hey, uh, how's everybody doing? You know, it's funny because coming here and starting at 8 o'clock at night, there's a big part of me that's like, who's awake right now? Because usually I'm almost not awake right now. So I, I, uh, I am not in your season of life, obviously. I'm 41 years old, and I wake up about 4.30 in the morning, which means I go to bed about 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock at night. So we're going to see how this goes. I drank some Mountain Dew before we came out here, and we're going to go. Hey, uh, like, like Lindsay said, I'm the campus pastor down to South Tampa. I've been at Grace now. Yes, South Tampa, come on. Uh, I've, I've, been, uh, yes, I, I, I've been at Grace since... 2016, I mean, it's been, it's been awesome to see it, and I, I, I love coming here. I'll tell you a couple reasons why. Um, I love, like, what God is doing here. Like, we notice what God's doing in exchange, and the way he's moving, the way he's using Mark and Michelle and, and Lindsay and Gabby and all, the, all these different uh, leaders who are here, and, and man, we are so excited for the way he's moving. We, we do know, and, and one thing I know, I know that God is using you. Some of you, he's called into ministry. He's called to your purpose. He's called to your destiny, and even though you're working jobs and you're doing different things in your career, God is, God is awakening a purpose in you. And I hope he does this in this stage of life. I was, I was uh, 18 years old when I came to Christ, and then when I was 21, I helped start a church. And, and, and from there, I've been in ministry since then, and God awoke something in me, and I hope he's doing it for you. I hope he's awakening a purpose uh, and really just helping you come alive to what he's done, because he has prepared you for something. Uh, he is calling you to something, and so if you've not found that yet, I would encourage you just to push in and continue to, to figure out what that is and what God has for you. Because for me, I, I love the stage of life I'm in, and it's kind of funny because I love being at Grace and I love being back at Grace. And the reason why I say that is because uh, in 2019, I actually moved away from Tampa. My family and I, we took a job up in Birmingham, Alabama. Anybody Alabama fans? Any Alabama fans? I'm just kidding. Get them. Get them. There, throw something at them. I'm an Ohio State fan. Anybody? All right. It's good. I don't care. So, um, so, so we, we moved up to Birmingham, and I, I took a job consulting, coaching, uh, for churches and some businesses, and when I went up there, I realized the job that I took up there, the, 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 I love the coaching part. I still do coaching with a few pastors around the country now, but I love the coaching part, but I didn't love like the full-time job part. And so I went to the guy who was the CEO of the company. I said, hey, you brought me up here for one thing. I actually think you need someone who's really, really, really administrative. And I am really, really, really not administrative. And so in February of 2020, I resigned. Uh, it's called Courage to Lead. I resigned from my full-time position at Courage to Lead. And then three weeks later, as my last day in the office was three weeks later, three weeks later, it was my last day in the office, but it was also the day that my kid's school shut down. I have a 13 and 11-year-old. My, my, my kid's school shut down um, because of COVID, which means school shut down, which means churches shut down, which means everything I've ever worked in since I've been 21 years old, it, it didn't exist anymore. And so for some of us, we had a weird 2020. My 2020 was weird because I was without a, like a full-time real job for about six months. That's not the best place to be. That's not like amazing, especially I have a couple kids trying to figure that out. And so for me, my wife and I, between the two of us, we were working six different odds and ends jobs. One of the jobs I had, I worked at a gym called Fitbody, and I would teach boot camp classes. 
I love teaching boot camp classes, but that was not the most fun job I've ever had in my life, to be honest with you. Um, But we just tried to figure it out. But one of the benefits of that season, because my kids were off school, I was off work, we were trying to figure out, okay, how do we actually utilize this time? And so no camps were open during that time. We wanted our kids to go to camp. So we, we had our nephew come down from, from Ohio, and we created what's called Ash Camp. Now, my last name is Ash, so that's why it's Ash Camp, and we created Ash Camp. We created this camp for our kids, where basically the whole week we would go and do things that are fun. In the morning, it would be a learning activity, and the afternoon, we would do like some kind of crazy activity uh, in the afternoon. And then every night, the kids would sleep out in a tent in the backyard, and I would sleep in the cabin, which is my bed, basically, in our house. I'm like, you jokers, go sleep outside. Uh, I'm going to sleep inside. In fact, there's a couple different uh, pictures. Let's see if we can put them up there. A couple of pictures from Ash Camp. These are the four of us. We're all getting ready for Ash Camp. We, uh, we started off with like, I'm pink, you're orange, like different teams, and that only lasted a day because I don't care that much. So, uh, all right, start, go to the next one, see what we got here. Oh, that's us cooking around a little fire pit in our backyard. And I think there's one more picture. Um, there you go. Oh, this is a great picture. Okay, so, so let me tell you. So we went to, in the middle of COVID, we went to the Birmingham Zoo. Well, in the, in the zoo during that time, you couldn't, you know how sometimes you can go to the zoo and you can pay money and feed giraffes? Well, they weren't doing it anymore. So I went and started breaking like, like bamboo sheaths off or whatever, and all the giraffes since they were getting fed all came, it was like the coolest experience ever. The giraffes, the zebras, like we hand fed all of them during that time. But that was Ash Camp. And for me, the reason why is I wanted to create this. I'm like, we're not going to allow this experience just to completely mess us up. We're actually going to use this season of our lives. And I think if you're ever in a season where you feel like you're in between, if you could lean in and ask, how do I make this season actually a special season for us? I wanted to do that with our kids. I wanted this to be a time where they would remember forever. Because if you think about this, and I think about this a lot, my oldest son's 13 years old. I was 14 years old when I first got arrested, okay? So, so, so I think, man, I want to be so intentional as a dad. My dad wasn't around, but I want to be so intentional as a dad to create these memories in the life of my kids. And, and I, I will say this, if you didn't grow up with it, that doesn't mean you can't be it. If you didn't grow up with someone who loved you and cared about you and was there for you... I'm just telling you, I I know for a lot of us, especially with dads, and I don't know what it is with dads, but when dads are disconnected, it's a challenge for us to know exactly how to act. And a lot of men, we are insecure because we did not see it, so we don't think we can be it. But let me encourage you, just because you didn't see it doesn't mean you can't be it. you got to be around some people that are it, and you can be that. You can change the future and the destiny of your child by engaging with them even though you didn't grow up with it. You got to deal with your junk, got to deal with your hurt. And so for me, that's my goal with my kids. My goal with my kids is they will never know a reality where their dad is not around. And so we created Ash Camp. And at Ash Camp, I had, uh, we, we said, hey, if we're going to make this successful, we are going to have three rules. And we had three rules that all week long, I kept going back to the rules and what we would do. And after Ash Camp, it was a, just a really fun week. After Ash Camp, I actually feel like that those three rules that we created for them are just honestly rules for life. They're rules that I actually thought after the week was over, if they could take these three things and live with them the rest of their life, like their lives are going to be better. 
And so today what we're going to talk through is we're going to talk through three rules for life. These are the three rules that we established at Ash Camp. But here's what I'll say. I wish, so I'm, again, I'm 41 now. I wish when I was at your stage of life, I would take these three things and I would apply them to my life. I believe if you do, I believe if, if you pay attention, if you begin to apply these, I believe it will help set you, a path, set you on a path uh, throughout your future. So three rules for life. All right, so if you're taking notes or if you want to take notes, uh, the first one that I said at Ash Camp, the first thing is your attitude is a choice. Your attitude is a choice. In life... Your attitude is a choice. No matter what you do, no matter what circumstance you have, no matter what situation you're in, your attitude is a choice. Um, when, when, for Ash Camp, one of the things we would do every morning, we would work out every morning. And, and my, you know, sixth grader, eighth grader, and then our 10th our grader nephew, like we would work out every morning. And you know, every morning, you know what they do? Ugh. You know what I'd say? What's rule number one? Your attitude's a choice. That's right, your attitude's a choice, okay? Um, a workout is either great or terrible depending on how you look at it. Most circumstances in your life are either great or terrible depending how you look at it. I had lunch with Pastor Dale. Some of you know Pastor Dale. Uh, he's been around Grace forever. I had lunch with him today. Pastor Dale is going through some medical stuff, going through some treatments, and tomorrow he's going in for another chemo treatment. And I asked him today, how you doing, Pastor Dale? And he said, I'm doing great. And I thought in my head, no, you're not. You're going for, like, you're going in for a chemo treatment. You're not doing okay. But you know what? His circumstance is great, depending on how you look at it. And, and, and I think for us, it's important for the way we look at things and the way we choose them to be. James chapter 1, he says this in verse 2. He says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, Whenever you face trials of many kinds, well, how do you consider it pure joy? What he's saying is, even when you face trials, you can still choose. Your circumstances are 90% your choice and only 10% what happens to you. And so when things happen to you, you have the opportunity and the ability to actually choose how you're going to process it. In fact, there's a, there's a guy um, who's around grace, and I remember talking to him about this one time because he said, the only thing you can control is your choice. So if you're going to have a positive attitude, you need to choose to have a positive attitude. I go, yeah, but not everything can be done, like seen through a positive lens. He said, well, let's try. He said, tell me your circumstance and what you've been through. And I remember like he's going through this exercise. So when I was in that place that in between jobs, I was six months, didn't know what was going on before I knew that grace was even an option to come back to. I, I said, I said, okay, well, the bad, the bad side for me is I'm in, be, I'm in an in-between season right now in between jobs and possibly the worst the worst job climate that we've seen ever in America if not for a long time maybe ever um, working at churches that aren't even meeting so I'm calling If you can't hear Okay, because I can, oh, there we go. All right, there we go. I'm good. Hey, as a campus pastor, there have been multiple times where the video's playing, 
and then it, everything shuts, it just does that, and the video stops, and then I have to stand on the stage and basically improvise the whole time. My go-to joke, I'll tell you my go-to joke, my go-to joke is, why do seagulls fly over the sea? Because if they flew over the bay, they would be bagels. <laughs> I was made to be a dad. I was made to be a dad. Um, and so, and so, so for me, in that circumstance, like that whole idea, like it just seems like I was, I was in the worst place. But when I actually tell that story, and th this is the exercise, what's your tough situation right now? What's your thing? When I say, choose a positive attitude, what's the thing that you go, I can't? Like there's no way to choose this. There's no way to tell this story in a positive way. My challenge for you is to fight to tell it in a positive way because I was lost, I was in between jobs and the worst job climate ever, but when I tell my situation in a positive context that God is using this season to grow me, to grow my wife, Leanne, to give me a ton of time with our kids, and here's the interesting thing. Those six months, my kids, like we had the best time during that time. Like I'm going to look back as a time where I didn't have a job. They're going to look back on like field trips every day with their dad. It's different. Um, a ton of time with our kids. And he's growing my faith. My faith never, like it's never been deeper than those six months without a job. Okay? You can tell it through a negative context or you can tell it through a positive context. What are you struggling with right now? What's your challenge? What if you begin to frame it as if God was in control? What if you begin to frame your situation and I can't find a man or if I do, they're all kind of idiots or I'm, I'm having a hard time with my job and I can't believe my parents, I got to move back home. Like what if you could take your circumstance and say, you know what, from now on, I am going to change the story that plays in my head and I'm going to tell it in a positive context because your attitude is a choice. Your attitude is a choice. And, and James goes on, he says, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, which in Greek, it's, it actually means a patient enduring, but perseverance, and let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. In other words, we choose joy, because as we choose joy in our circumstance, you know what God does? He began to work some things in us so that we will be mature and complete. God has put us in certain circumstances, and he will use the tough circumstances of our life to mature us. And if you're in a hard situation right now, this is the moment to say, God, I hate this, but thank you, because you are using this time to grow me. And the best growth times we have uh, is in the midst of our trials. The good that we will get out of our trials have everything to do with how, do we, how we react to them. How are you reacting to your struggle? How are you reacting to your trials? Your attitude is a choice. And if you could get this throughout the rest of your life and go, you know what, no matter what happens, I'm going to see it as a, like, I'm going to frame it through a positive thing. I'm going to frame it as if God's in control. I'm going to frame it as if he knows the exact timing that that spouse or that person or that job or that situation or that money. Like, I'm going to just assume that God knows more than me and he's working behind the scenes. And just because I don't see it, it doesn't mean he's not there. And if I'm going to see that and go, you know what, how are you doing? I'm doing incredible. You know why? Because I'm not in control. He's in control. And I think if we can reframe the way we see it and say, you know what, I'm going to choose a positive attitude because in faith, I believe that God is doing something. And if he's not working out here, then he's working in here. And he will make you mature 
and complete. You know what immaturity is? <laughs> immaturity is complaining, bad attitude, and everything that happens to you, you just can't get over it. Maturity is saying, you know what? I believe that this is going to work for my good. The second rule that we had at Ash Camp that I think is so important just in life is your focus is here. Your focus is here. Now, the reason why we did this for Ash Camp and the reason why I think it's important for us as well, I, don't, I think they do cross over, is because um, for my kids during that week, it was all about uh, when can we play video games, when can we watch TV, when can we be on our phones? And I said, this week, we're not doing any of that. We're going to take all that away. And in our world that we're in with social media, Lindsay talked about this earlier, how many people check their phone more than 35 times yesterday to see if Instagram or Snapchat or Facebook is all back? I think for a lot of it, it's like you look and you're like, what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong, hoping it gets fixed. That our world is built for distractions. Our, our world is built to distract you. Our world is built to have you hang out with people, but not really hang out with people. To talk to people, not really talk to people. To be around people, but kind of endure the awkwardness by being consumed with what's on your phone. It's built for distractions, but distractions will deter us from our destiny. And I believe that there are things that are pulling for your, our attention, that are pulling us away from where God wants us to be. And what we need to do is we need to decide. There are environments where, hey, if you need to check your phone, if you need to do certain things, that's fine. But there are certain environments we have to decide that we are going to be all here with the people that we're around. And your focus is here. And it's amazing because Jesus, especially when it has to do with ministry and, and what he was called to do, he was like the master of this. And if you've ever had a big crowd around you looking for your attention, it's weird because Jesus like walks through the crowd one day and he's walking through the crowd, and somebody touches like his robe, and he feels power go out, and he like stops. And all his disciples are like, Jesus, just keep moving, just keep moving. But he stops, and he talks to one person. And like multiple times, he is there with a Samaritan woman, and the disciples are trying to move him on, and he, he talks to the one. And so many times, and for us, one of the best things we can do, and this is one of the best disciplines you can start now, because if you're, like I don't know what stage of life you're in, but if you're not married, and if you don't have kids, one day when you have those things, you know, one of the best gifts you're going to be able to give them is your gift of just your presence being there. And if you don't develop that discipline now, it's going to be hard. And it, let me say this, it is so easy, even with kids, it's so easy to allow this just on your phone the whole time. It's so easy to distract you. And you don't want that. You don't want your kids thinking that what's, on your, what's in your hand is more important than what's in front of you. You don't want that. Uh, in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says, he says, Again, uh, you have heard that it was said, of, uh, said to those of old, You shall not swear falsely, but shall perform your oaths to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, neither by heaven, uh, for it's God's throne, nor by earth, uh, for it's footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. So he's kind of addressing some cultural things. But then he says this, Nor shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make your one hair white or black, but let your yes be yes and your no be no, for whatever is more than these is, is from the evil one. And what he's saying right here is, let your yes be yes and your no be no. And here's what we have to work on and we have to continue to work on as far as our focus being here. We have to match our intentions with our actions. Okay, because here's what, here's, and, and so I'll tell you what I'm seeing, not with you guys necessarily, but in, in the next stage of, in the next generation, with kids, with families, with whatever. 
Everyone who ever gets married, they want to have the best marriage in the world. Woo! Anybody who has kids, believe. I'm going to change. My parents weren't good, but I'm going to be a good dad. I'm going to be a good... Like, we all have those intentions. All of our intentions are good. All of your intentions for your future is good. But intentions and actions don't always line up. And what happens over time is we have all of these intentions of, I want to be a great whatever, but we don't work on it. We don't work on it. And we get distracted. And we're going to be a great husband or a great wife. And then work comes up and kids come up and life comes up. And I think one of the best things we can do, instead of being distracted and pulled away, like we've got to lock in. Say, God, like we're going to focus in our energy. We're going to focus our time, focus our attention because your focus is here. You are better when you're focused. So I'd encourage you when you're in your small group or with your friends or when you're around, um, is, is to allow your focus to be where you are. And then the third thing is, and this one's probably the one, I wish, probably the first one in this one, like I wish we, we could get these. The third one is your openness is required. Your openness is required. Um, and this basically means that the tendency in life is to be close-fisted. The tendency in life is you, you start off your relationships, you start off your spirituality, like, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do, and I will do anything to find that spouse. I'll do anything to be with that person. But over time in a relationship, it starts to close, and now you're stuck in your ways, and you are where you are. And I believe one of the strongest gifts that you can, you, you can have, and one of, the, one of the hardest things to cultivate, but we have to cultivate it, is the openness. It, it's, it's not saying, this is just who I am. No, no, no. I am willing to grow, I'm willing to change, I'm willing to do whatever. Like for me, for me, um, I, I, am, I am scared of heights. Like I'm so scared of heights, like I couldn't go up there, like I am, like it's weird, like I'm scared of heights. And I remember I had somebody come up and ask me, because we it was the, the church I was at last and in Fort Myers, and they said, hey, we're doing this series video, will you go skydiving? Now, no, I don't want to go skydiving. But here's the thing that I learned early on. If you're, if, if, if you're offered to do something that's uncomfortable, say yes. Say yes. Say yes. And so I said, yeah. Yeah, I would love to skydive. They walked out of the room, and I'm like, I'm an idiot. Why did I say yes? And then I go to the skydiving place, and you know we've probably been to some, some of us have been there. You go to a skydiving place, and all the people who work at skydiving places look like they work at skydiving places. <laughs> And you're like, you're all high. Like, I don't even, like, you're all probably high. Because why would you work at a skydiving place if you're not, I mean, come on, you got to do something. I mean, it's, you're working at a skydiving place. This is, if you work at a skydiving place, I'm sorry, I don't mean to offend you. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so, so I got, and, and you know, they, they strap you in and they put you in this plane and the plane looks like it's probably going to wreck anyways. Like it is like this small, they don't even have seats in it. The only seat is the pilot. So I'm sitting on the floor next to the pilot and I'm sitting on the floor with my legs up and I'm just sitting there and just, I'm just waiting like, okay, where are we going to go? And we start passing the clouds and we get up past the clouds and the guy leans over. He goes, we're halfway there. And I'm like, if we're going to die, let's just get it over with. Come on, we're ready. Let's just do it. And he says, here's what's going to happen. I am going to, you're going to turn around, and I am going to strap up to you. And then we're going to open up the door, and then we're going to one, two, three, and we're out. And most times, just guys, I typically wouldn't want you to strap close to me. But in that circumstance, bring it on, big boy. We're doing this together. You are my man. 
strap on, whisper in my ear, whatever we got to do right now, let's do it, because I'm not jumping out of this plane unless a man is strapped to my back. So he, I turn around, he straps up, it's a little awkward, but we used to it pretty quick. We open up the door, put your foot out on the wing thing, I don't even know what it is, and he says, you got to hold on, and one, two, and then you're falling to your death. This is, you've just chosen to die, and here we go. And I'm screaming, and I've got my hands out, and he's got a video camera, because again, this is for a video, a bump video for our church. So I'm screaming out of my mind, not even sure what's going on. It was the most embarrassing video in the world, but I'm, I'm pretty sure. And then here's the weird thing, they don't tell you this about skydiving. And then they pull the chute, and you're still really high. So you're like, oh, well, I didn't think I would die this way, but you're going to die this way. Now, it's just very different. And then he says, here, let me help you. And he, he loosens something to make it more comfortable, but it drops you about that far. But you think your fault. Like, like it, is, it is, if you've never seen a six-foot-four man cry, we were close on that day. It was that close. And he says, here, now grab, you know, the little, I don't know what they're called. Um, and grab this and pull it down and pull it down to your knee, like pull it all the way down. And I grab it, and I pull it down a little bit, and you start to turn, and I'm like, okay, that's good. I'm good. No, we're, no, no, pull it down to your knee. And I did it again just a little bit. I'm like, no, man, I'm good. And he said, okay, I'll help you this time. And, and I pull it down, and he grabs the rope and pulls it down. And we weren't flat, but in my mind, we were flat, spinning around. And I said, hey, man, seriously, like, I am a lot bigger than you are. If you do that again, when we get on the ground, like, don't do it again. <laughs> like, I, 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 I know this is for a church video, but as soon as that camera's off, I'm going to knock you out if you do that again. Like, it's not going to be good. Like, it's not going to work out very well because I was out of my mind scared. So we come down on the ground, and we get on the ground, and it, it lands. And it's so funny because we get on the ground, and you know what I do as soon as we land? I am a skydiving champion. Like, that's how I, like, it was that, it was that feeling. And now people are like, you ever skydive? Yeah, I scout, yeah, I love it. It's so awesome, okay? It's so easy in life to go, that's just not me. That's not who I am. God is going to call you to do things that you're not going to be open to do if you, if you live your life this way. Uh, it, when, and Paul, Paul says this one time, and he says this about reaching people who are far from God. And, and it's so interesting because we read this, but in the context, it was such a big deal because the Jewish culture that Paul was in, it was very much like, no, 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 you don't talk to those people, you don't hang out with those people, you don't go around those people. And Paul said, though I'm free and I belong to no one, I have made myself, listen, listen to how Paul, the Apostle Paul says it, I have made my slave or a servant to everyone. In other words, for Paul, he said, listen, I will do whatever I can to serve the people around me. And he said, to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those who under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law. So as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but I'm under Christ's law. So as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became the weak to win the weak. I become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some. I do all, the, all this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in his blessing. And what Paul's saying is, I will do whatever it 
takes. And for us, I would encourage you as you continue whatever stage of life that you're in next and where you're going, that you just say, you know what? I will never be closed off. And I'll be open. And the way I want to close tonight and what I want to challenge you is where are you closed off to right now? Like what's, what has God been knocking on the door but you haven't let him in? I believe that for those of us who've like struggling with something and maybe it's, it's that sin that you just don't want to release. Maybe it's a relationship that you're just like, God, I know that I need to break up with them. God, I, I know that I need to stop pursuing her. You're just not ready for it yet. I, be, I believe tonight God wants to break through. He's like, come on, close your eyes. Bow your head. And if that's you, you don't have to lift up your hand, but just clench your fist. Like, like, like closed off. And Jesus, you see our clenched fists right now. God, we are holding on to something, and we know it's time. We know it's time to release it. We know it's time to let it go. God, you are calling us to let it go. That our openness is required. And God, we, we've heard your voice. We felt your nudge. We've, we've had that check in the spirit. We kind of just know we need to do it, but God, we put it off, and we put it off, and we put it off. But God, today's the day. As so a Father, right now, we release this thing to you. Come on, if you've got your, your fist clenched, just open up your hands right now. Jesus, we release this to you. We ask for you to take it. We ask for you to take it away, and God, give us the courage to do what we have to do. Give us the courage to have the conversation. Give us the courage uh, to possibly break off a relationship. Give us the courage to do the hard thing that we've been putting off. Because, God, we want to be open to what you want to do. Like Paul said, he's become all things to all men. God, we want to do whatever you have called us to do as we pursue you. Jesus, we pray for those of us that the attitude is really something we've struggled with. And, God, we've allowed our circumstances to choose our attitude. Help us to choose a better attitude. God, for those of us who've been distracted with life, you'd help us to focus. And, Jesus, I pray for everyone here. That God, that you would move and you would speak loud in their ears and that they would follow you, God. And that you'd awaken their purpose, you'd awaken their calling. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, guys, for letting me hang out with you. God bless. <laughs>